Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. All right, good morning. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Good to be in the family of God. I want you to look around because everybody that you're looking at, you're going to get to spend all of eternity with. I know, praise the Lord, right? I had a great dream last night about my uh, mother's father who I never got to meet um, and um, we didn't know if he was with the Lord we don't know anything really about him but um, anyway he came to me last night in my dream and um, and he had the kindest eyes you know and and he was he was saved I didn't know this but in the dream he was in heaven and so I'm just so excited that I get to meet him and know him not in this life, but in the life to come. He'll still be my grandfather. He'll be my grandfather forever, even though I didn't get to meet him this side of eternity. Amen? So I'm just so thankful for how God works all things together for good. Um, so this summer, we are doing a series, and it's a love series, and it's called Abiding in Love. And I thought this was appropriate because of everything that's going on in the world right now. I think we all need a little more love in our lives. Amen? You know, you can stare at what the enemy's doing, but I really encourage you to stare at what God's doing because he's not over there just watching uh, uh, wreck it Ralph. <laughs> he's actually moving and doing something, and so we want to get involved with what he's doing. Amen? All right, so uh, last week we really talked a little bit about and introducing abiding in love, and we talked about God. I'm going to do a little review. Um, you know, the Bible says that God is love, right? God is love. Now, it doesn't say that God is power or God is wisdom, even though those are some of his characteristics. It says that he's love and he displays his power. He displays himself. He displays his character through love. And so we're called to do the same thing. And so I want to, I'm trying to bring everybody into the reality that, that the very heart of God was all about love all along. And so if God is love, he had this, he had this party going on, this eternal party going on between him and the son and the Holy Spirit. So there was a family party 24 seven all the time for all eternity. And it was a love fest. And they were there with each other, loving one another with their whole hearts. There wasn't like any diminishing of love that they had for one another ever, not for one moment. The son loved the father in the fullness of the completion with the intensity and the passion of love. The father loved the son with the same intensity, the same passion, the same violence of love. There was such a, 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 a christening between these two. They all came together in this level of love. And it was that level of love that they, that had to find a home. It wasn't that they needed man. He didn't need to create someone because he didn't lack anything. God doesn't lack anything in his love. It is, it is full, complete, 100%, 24-7, all the time, for all eternity, always was and always will be and is right now. He doesn't lack anything. So when he, when he created the heavens and the earth 
everything was created out of the expression of the love that the father had for the son and the love that the son had for the father and the love that the father and the son had for the spirit. So this triune family said, we need, we're going to, I love so much. I've got to find another expression for this love. Love always multiplies. Hate and fear always divides. What did Lucifer do? Filled with jealousy, he divided one-third of the angels off, didn't he? Love multiplies, and love has a home. And so the Lord uh, multiplied, and he created you. What a beautiful thing. We talked about this last week, and how out of his expression of love, you were created. And you were created not just out of love, but you were created for love. And this is really where it gets interesting because in a fatherless generation, the last generation on the earth, we're so absent. We're so far removed from that truth of the father's love because nothing on the earth has been witnessed to us of what this is supposed to look like. And in a fatherless generation, you're fatherless, we're fatherless because we've been so wounded by our own fathers. We've been so wounded because of the sin in our land. Can I get an amen? So I want you to turn in your Bibles because I'm going to I'm going to camp out on about three scriptures here. Uh 1 John 4:6 you can turn there. It'll be on your screen. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Okay, I want to, I want to, this is, we went through this last week, but it says this, and we have known, meaning in our mind, in our minds, the love that God has for us. And we believe in our hearts the love that God has for us. And when we have this reality, what happens is we actually will abide in love and, and, and abide in God, and God will abide in us. Am I right? And there are so many promises in the word about abiding and, and, and the promises that are associated with abiding in love. If you read the book of John and the last... I don't want to say message, but the last thing that Jesus was saying to his disciples before he died, John 14 through 17, he talks about abiding over and over and over about the importance of abiding. And so I, I really, if, as we go through this series, I want you to focus on the book of John and the book of First John, because he really does uh, bring out uh, the beauty of love in these books. So as I continue this series, I want you to also look at John chapter 15, verse 9. 
As the Father loved me, I also have loved in you. Abide in my love. So this morning, really the area that I want to focus is I want to focus on God loves God. And God, and God loves you like he loves himself. And that's so hard for us to comprehend. It's like, it's, it, to me, and, and maybe to you, I find this a little offensive. I get offended at this kind of love. And so I struggle with receiving it because it so offends my heart. How could that possibly be? How could you possibly love me the way you love your son? But it says that you do. The Bible states emphatically that one of the core statements of Scripture is this, God is love. All right? And it's not just love, but guys, it's wholehearted love. Again, it's 100%. He is 100% God. He lacks nothing. And the only way he can love is with his whole heart. And it, the scriptures make it clear that there is the one God in three people, and the very nucleus of how he runs the universe is through this love between the Father and the Son, between the Son and the Father, between the Father and, and, and the Holy Spirit, between the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son. And so this is turning, this nucleus, and it actually gives life to everything that you see. Every single one of you right now in this minute are being uh, touched by the nucleus of God's love. When we were worshiping, you were worshiping out of an overflow of being touched by God's love. Now again, love has to find a home. And so as he loves us, it causes us, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, to respond in love back to him. We can only love God with God. Now, the love burning in God's heart has five distinct expressions, and I went through this last week, but I'm going to cover it again today. Number one, God's love for God. Each person of the Trinity intensely loves the others with all their heart. Number two, God's love for his people. He loves his people with all of his heart, mind, strength. He loves the redeemed with the same intensity that he loves within the fellowship of the Trinity. And again, you try to get your arms around that, and especially if you've been abused in any way or touched by abuse in any way by a father or a mother. And I, I, I would say it's really hard to find anybody today. John and I do a lot of ministry. We do a lot of deliverance. We, we can tell you that we see it, and it is increasing the level of abuse that's happening to this generation. Number three, our love for God. God's very own love is imparted to his people by his spirit. Number four, our love for ourselves, and this is a really hard one, self-love. Our love, we love ourselves in God's love and for God's sake. And number five, our love for others. We love others in the overflow of experiencing God's love. Now, one of the uh, foundational premises in abiding this abiding series is that God loves us, again, with the same intensity that he loves. So I'm going to base everything in this series around these two scriptures. And it's really important that we begin to set ourselves up over the summer to really go deep in the understanding of the love of God. 
Because without this true understanding, if you do not have a revelation of the knowledge of the love of God, you will not be able to stand in the troubles ahead and the troubles that are on the earth now. Okay? You will not, when it shakes, you're going to immediately go to, where are you, God? Why aren't you? How aren't you? And so the accusation will be, God, you're not enough for me right now. When in fact, when shaking hits right out of your mouth needs to be, God, you are good. You love me. God, you love my family. And I'm not going to let anybody change my mind because it's part of my very being and my very fiber. I have spent the last 20 years learning your love, encountering your love, growing in your love. Amen? So here are the two foundational scriptures. John chapter 17, verse 33, uh, 23, I'm sorry. That the world may know that you, the Father, loved them as you have loved me. And John 15, verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And so he says what I believe are the most dramatic and significant statements in all the word. He is saying, I love you just like my Father loves me. And I love my father. My father loves you in the same way that he loves me. And you're like, I don't, I can't possibly comprehend that. How is that possible? But the truth is your value is not established by what you think, but your value is established by the word of God. Your value and, and what God has spoken about you, he didn't just say it, but he proved it with Jesus at the cross. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that you could come home into the family of God and experience this kind of love so that this kind of love will transform you into the very image of the man who is love. Jesus is praying to the father in John Chapter 17, verse 23. And he says, Father, I pray that the world will know that you love them with the same intensity that you loved me. This is truly breathtaking. I pray that they'll all know this kind of intense love that we have for one another by the demonstration of my own life and how I live my life. My life, your life, should be a witness and a testimony that you are loved completely, totally, 100%, without fail. The nations will know that you love your people in the same scope and intensity as you love me. This is building on an Old Testament promise in Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 14, a very famous verse saying that the earth will be filled of the knowledge of the glory of God. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. It also says that in the last days, knowledge will increase. Daniel, in the last days, knowledge will increase. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the love of God will increase. And those who know their God's love Know their God will do great exploits in the last days. Why? Have you ever seen somebody who's fully convinced that they are 100% loved by God? 
They are fearless. They believe with every cell fiber in their being. Nothing can stand before them. No enemy, no fear, no unbelief, no sickness. Nothing can stand before those who know that they are loved by God. This foundational premise Jesus is relating to in this prayer, he contextualizes the earth being filled with the glory of God in the way that the Father loves his people. He sets the glory of God into a relational paradigm. He sets the glory of God. It is not fairy dust. Like the the glory of God isn't going to just fall on us. But it comes from a people who grow in understanding of the love of God. And it makes room for the glory of God to be seen in us and through us. You know, since uh, our daughter Bliss died, I've I've watched a lot of um, videos about people who have near-death experiences. And one of the things that is so profound is that they all have the same witness. So they come back to earth. They get brought back to earth. They have the same witness. A couple of things that are worthy of noting here. People in heaven are filled with light. They are so filled with light, okay? The second thing, they never talk about the power of God. They never talk about the gifts of God. The only thing that they report when they come back is how profound and immeasurable the love they feel when they're in the presence of God. They are so undone that they don't want to go back. They love their family. They love everybody else. They love them, but not like this. And so the love of God created these glowing people in heaven. That the, the, the knowledge of the love of God creates the glory. It, the glory is attached to a relational issue. God is a relational God. He is not, you know, just commander in chief. I'm going to go tell you to do a bunch of stuff and do it because I said so. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Now, he makes this statement two times before he dies. And then he calls them to abide in that love or to lock into that reality. And never, ever move from that. This isn't a passing principle in the Bible. But this is the very centerpiece of what God said. And everything in your life will be built on this reality. It is the nucleus, the centerpiece of what God has said and what he did and what he's doing even today. That is why we're a house of prayer. That's why we believe that the very centerpiece of our house and that we've established, but will God establish through us, is all about him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about going up, right? The only time we go out is after we go up. I don't have anything to give you that I haven't gotten for free. Nothing I do. When I heal the sick, when you heal the sick, when you prophesy, you get those things from the man called love. Both the Father and the Son, their love for us is compared to the way that they love each other. All right. Jesus is saying, in essence, study how the Father loves me, and you will gain insight to how I love you. 
Now, a lot of us struggle with this. And over the years, when I first got saved, I, I had the, I, you know, the gifts of God are irrevocable. I had the gifts. I'm a seer prophet. I see in the spirit. I see things that are coming. I have, I have dreams that happen right after I have them. It's just, I've always flowed this way. I can prophesy accurately, right? So I was doing a lot of that right after I got saved. And can I tell you, I still didn't know the love of God. I didn't know his love, so I'm prophesying out of the gift, but not out of the relationship. And if you want to hurt yourself, just keep doing that. Because he'll say to you, away from me, for I actually never knew you. You did a lot of things in my name, but I didn't come for an army of workers. I came for an army of lovers. Now, these statements seem so big and unrealistic and out of reach, but I want to remind you that nobody has more authority to comment and teach on the love of God than Jesus. Though we may not feel the truth of this love, the scope does not lessen the reality of it simply being because we don't feel it. You may not feel that, but that doesn't change the truth of it. Okay? So, so a lot of us think, okay, I hear what you're saying. It sounds good but it almost sounds too good to be true. And how do I apply this in my own life? What does this mean? How do I abide in love? Because that's a weird word. It's not like you hear this generation on TikTok going, hey, let's go abide. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right? TikTok. That actually used to be the name of my company, TikTok. Mm-hmm. It was an acronym. Let's see. The what is it? What is it? The Imagination Company, Tomorrow's Original Creations. Wow! Takes a profit to do something like that. Okay. Amen. So here's what I just said. When you see him face to face, you're not going to think about his power or his gifts, but all you can think about is how overwhelmed you are by his love. So this is how we um this is how we abide in love. When he says abide in love, he's saying this, I want you to stay in love. I want you to stay in my love. You know how you, know how you exit love? You'll know. Well, how do you know? Because you get scared. All of a sudden, you're in fear. All of a sudden, you're thinking, uh, I'm now, uh, the enemy is ministering to me, the coulda, woulda, shouldas, okay? Have you ever been ministered to by the coulda, woulda, shoulda demon? Like, well, you didn't do it right. You should have done it right. You know, now you're in a whole bunch of trouble because look at what's ahead of you and you didn't do it right. And because you didn't do it right, now you're going to, oh my gosh, and look at tomorrow. What's going to tomorrow going to bring? Oh my gosh, how are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? What about your car? Your car is breaking down. That right there is not the Lord. And so you get kind of caught up in that and you start following that line of thinking. But I'm telling you, if you will flee from that, you turn, you turn back to the voice of your father who loves you and you begin to stay in his love, what happens is it shuts the door to that stinking devil and he can't talk to you. And so all you got to do is just sit there and have a love party. And as you're having a love party, he'll be like, I'm going to go ahead and take care of that for you. 
You don't believe me? I am telling you, I am telling you the truth. This is true. I have testimony after testimony. People in this room have a lot of testimonies as well. All right, stay in the love. Live in the love. Go deep in the love. Search it out. Search out the love. Have you ever opened your Bible and said, I need to know that you love me and I need you to show me where this is? And if you will just go to uh, Blue Letter Bible or one of the concordances that you search this out, just search out the word love. And then just go in and begin to meditate on these scriptures and say to him, I need to know not just about this scripture, but I need to know how this scripture applies from you to me. I need you to talk to me about what you think about me. Amen? How are we doing on time? You guys good? All right. I'm only 20 minutes in, so strap on your helmets. <laughs> Do not be content unless you're growing in the knowledge and the experience of love. Don't let this not be a part of who you are. Because in the days to come, when you have no food, you cannot allow yourself to get into fear because love births faith. And you're like, huh, I don't have any food. But you know what? My God loves me. And so I'm just going to sit back and worship him, and I'm going to watch what he does on my behalf. You know, John and I, um, gosh, we've seen food multiply like crazy. Um, there's this one story when uh, we went out, we had three football players at our house at the time, and they had just gotten finished with football practice. And so we said, okay, well, mom didn't cook. Shocker. Um, so let's go out and get some Chinese food. So we ordered a plate for everybody. You know how you order, like, everybody gets there, and then you bring it home, and everybody kind of shares, that kind of thing. So there were five of us. And so we went and we got five dishes from the Chinese food place. We go to pick it up. I get a call from my daughter, um, and she said, hey, mom, I, I don't, I'm out of food. Can you bring me something? And I'm like, okay, I got that. I'll just give you one of these. And I'm th so I'm heading back to my house after I drop her food off. I go back to, to three very hungry football players, just finished with practice. Boy, they're dirty. Have you ever been in a car with all of the football players after practice? You've got the windows down. i got the mints in front of the AC. It's blowing in the car. I'm like, oh, I think my eyes are bleeding. <laughs> anyway, so they're sitting around my table, and they're waiting for Chinese food. They could probably eat their Chinese food and somebody else's. So I said, guys, you know, I had to, I had to give away one of our dishes and so they're looking at me, and they like, they're like, that's cool. You know, let's just pray, thank the Lord. So we all thank the Lord for the food, which you should always do, by the way. I don't care where you are. Thank the Lord for the food. And, uh, and so I go, and I make five plates out of all of these dishes. One, two, three, four, five. I distribute five plates then to all of the people at the table. I turn around to the bar, and there's a sixth plate there with the very same food mix that I had just distributed, but I didn't make six plates, and everybody in the room witnessed this, and they knew that I hadn't. Now, here's what I'm saying to you. 
multiplying food is like easy peasy for the Lord. But again, God loves us and we're so thankful for everything that he is doing. We're not complaining about what he's not doing because we're so in love with him and we know that he has good for us. So live in the place of miracles. Now I've got a great testimony. Amen. God loves you. And he says this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father put on us. So he's saying, behold what manner or quality of love that God has for us. And this is, again, not a passing theme, but it is the centerpiece and the main theme of the word of God. When we study the relationship of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it will actually get in us and we will begin to believe the truth of that word. Um, now, one of the premises of understanding the, be, the being of God and the little that we do is that God never, ever, ever, ever suspends love. He's not like us at all. He's, his love is not based on the condition of how you behave. Did you know that? So if you sin, is God going to love you less? No. Now, he doesn't want you to sin. And his love covers a multitude of sin. And his love should keep you from sin. But when I was first a believer, guys, I was so immature. I didn't know the word. I didn't know the words to all the songs. I sang them all wrong. I was just like making words up. <laughs> what are we singing right now? I don't really know, but I think I just sang a song to like Pluto or something. I don't know. It was so weird. But, and, and the way that I lived my life, I lived my life like I did before I got saved. Now I had this, I had this epiphany of God's love, but my, my heart was still not transformed. And so I was just this, this little place in my heart, this little seed in my heart that was saved. And it was like, oh boy, oh boy, this is incredible. I'm so in love. I changed my email to Corinthians 3.17. I don't recommend because I spelled it out. So all of my friends knew something's weird to happen. I hung crosses all over my house. I became that annoying Christian. I had the cross on my neck. I, everything was, God bless you, blah, blah, blah. I was going around hitting people on the head with the word. <clears throat> I lost a lot of friends. But the point is, is that I, as I grew in love, I actually grew in the image of God. As I grew in love, I began to look more like love. You know, do you remember those days when you were first a believer and you only wanted to hang out with the people that were just like you? And now as you mature in, in the things that you believe and mature in the love of God, you love everyone. I mean, from every walk of life, you're like, you are so unique. You're so interesting. You're so different. And there's nothing like you. But that's no longer a litmus test for love. Now your litmus test is like God's. He's like, I love everyone. And you're like, I love everyone. And it's a love that you have for them that is God-ordained. So God cannot be uh, less than who he is. He only knows how to be 100%, which is really good news. 
Never for a moment is he less than 100%. He's not less than 100% wise. He's not less than 100% merciful. He's not less than 100% just. He is 100% good and loving and kind all the time. And just because he may be displaying to you his kindness today, it doesn't mean he's lacking in mercy. Every attribute he has is 100% full. Amen. That's the God we love and serve. So he is fully God in all of his attributes all the time. He never loves you partly, and he never diminishes in love. And I thank God for this because um, a million years from now, Jesus isn't going to be saying, wow, you know, it's been a really long time and my love has kind of waned over the years. But he's going to say, no, I'm fully as bright. I'm even, uh, 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 you know, uh, we look at the universe and you know the universe is expanding still to this day, right? So love is multiplying. Even now, as we're all sitting here, there are actually galaxies and new stars that are being created because love expands. Everything that God creates expands. Everything. His love is infinite. I want to talk to you a little bit about this spiritual immaturity. Because one of the things that I have personally experienced in my life is how the love of God helped me to overcome so much heartache. And it's interesting the things that God uses to help grow us in love. We think, oh, God's going to pour out his love on me and I'm going to grow in love. And it's going to be this amazing euphoric experience. But a lot of times, and that happens, I've experienced that. I'm in the prayer room. I'm encountering the Lord. I live in the prayer room. I love the prayer room. I love prayer. I'm encountering the Lord through his word. I'm encountering the presence of the Lord. It's causing me to weep and cry, and it's so intense. And then I, I get to these places in my life where, obviously, the Lord has looked at me and said, oh, it's time for an upgrade. It's time for an upgrade in love. And you're like, that's awesome. I can't wait. You know how you get those prophecies? Oh, God's about to promote you. Let me tell you, when you get that prophecy, you need to be like, <laughs> honey, we're getting promoted. We might as well sell the house right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, he'll come in and he just gets out those pruning shears. And he's like, okay, so you've done a really good job. Man, you're just bearing some really beautiful love fruit right there. I need to cut this off right here. Bam. And you're like, but why? Ah, that stinking devil. And he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's me. Right? <laughs> you're like, ah, why do you woo me into the wilderness? And so each time that happens, and here's why it's so important to know God loves you as a foundation. And he loves you with the same intensity that he loves your son. Because when bad things start to happen to us, we're like, but I don't understand. 
I don't understand why these bad things are happening. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because God wants to take you to the highest, the deepest, the widest level of love in this earth so you can be made in the image of his son and experience the fullness of joy. Even though it may hurt for a season, it is only a season. And then if you will hang on to the word in that season of heartache, what happens is, bam, there's your promotion. And is your promotion like, oh, hey, I'm going to get, you know, a yacht and a Mercedes. <clears throat> your promotion is that you're now going to grow in love. And growing in love makes a way for everything else to happen. Because when you grow in love, you're not afraid of man anymore. Have you ever, ever, ever experienced what it's like not to be afraid of man or get delivered of that? I'm telling you the fullness of your personality comes out and you're like so much more effervescent than you would be when you're all afraid and you're like, bleh, 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 bleh. I don't know what to really say because my tongue, and I'm really nervous and I'm really fearful of you because you might, you know, take my stuff away. I don't know. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? All right, that's bit, that was me. I'll never forget this time I was learning how to public speak. <laughs> and, um, and the first time I got up in front of a, a whole crowd of businessmen and I was supposed to be giving them a, a pitch, a sales pitch. I had my PowerPoint done. I had my notes. I was just fully ready. And I got up there and I was like. And they're like, okay, you can go. And uh, Okay. Uh, well, um, okay. It was so bad. Why? Because I was so gripped with fear. Because I was afraid of them. Right? All right. That may have been an overshare. <laughs> oh, the union of the Godhead reveals the nature, quality, and intensity of his love and relationships. These relationships are a picture of what perfect love is and how God relates to God. And how they truly enjoy one another. It's not mandated that Jesus love you. He's not doing it because he has to. He's doing it because he truly enjoys you. He enjoys you. He enjoys the personality that he gave you. He enjoys how beautiful you are. Your laughter, your love, your, your, the expression that you have, the things that you love, the things that you desire, the things that you care about. He put all those things there. And he wants to see all of that happen through his love. He's not bored in his relationship with his father, and he is not bored in his relationship with us. Praise the Lord. So the spiritual foundation, the revelation of God's love, when God wants to empower us to love him, guess what he does? He reveals himself as the one who loves us. Do you know how you grow in love? You just start to believe that God loves you. And then you begin to grow in love. You cannot grow in love unless you accept that God loves you just as you are. I think that was a line from a movie. We will only love God to the measure that we see that he loves us. It's the core truth that transforms us. As I began 
to let go of my own orphan heart and every place in my life that I had self-hatred, I could only let that go because God kept pouring his love out on me. And I was so undone by his love that I became convinced in the truth of what he said. As the Lord, through my walk with him, delivered me from demons. Yes, John and I have been delivered of demons. I recommend it for everyone. Better, better out than in, Shrek said, right? <laughs> when the Lord began to show me his love for me when I had no money, and literally were fed by ravens, like a supernatural things began to happen in my life over and over and over. And every month he would provide for us. I'm telling you, money literally fell from heaven. I mean, we have testimony after testimony after testimony of this love. And you're like, man, it would be so much better, Lord, if you just give me a million dollars or more. And then I go do all this stuff for you. And he goes, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You go do all that stuff for me and I'll show up supernaturally because I'm trying to get you to know that I love you and to trust my love. So I just learned through heartache and hardship and all of those things. I just grew in love because I refused to be denied that this was the truth. And so some of us just got to get real uh, tenacious about our relationship with him. And it's like, nope, mm -mm, not going to believe you, devil. I'm not going to believe you. God said, therefore, I believe. God said, therefore, I believe. And you got to get it out of your mouth and start punching that demon in the teeth. Oh, good. Look, a little bit more. How are y'all doing? Listen, these are two-hour seats, so you should be good. We love, 1 John 4.19, we love him because we understand that he first loved us. So again, how do we grow in love? Understanding that God first loved us. You cannot give God love, wholehearted love, until you really begin to receive. And as you begin to receive that little seed in your heart, it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And people around you will begin to sense the authenticity of who you are, and they're going to want to do business with you. They're going to want to open doors for you. They're going to want to give you a raise. They're going to, and I'm talking about business, but also just preaching the gospel. People know when you're preaching an angry gospel. Have you ever met somebody that's like, you need to get saved or you're going to go to hell? You're like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. But when you go up to them and you genuinely care about them, you're filled with compassion just like Jesus. And you're like, man, why do I feel so much love for this person I don't even know? And you just the thought of them hurting or being sick, it, it overwhelms you. And so therefore it motivates you and you can't leave them behind. We are going out in this church, like Matthew said, we're going out on Saturdays. Why? Not to fill these seats. No, because we are so full of love. We've been filling up the vats of love in our heart, and we have to multiply. We can't keep it in anymore. 
Amen? The reason that I'm saying to you, look, this isn't a suggestion. I am telling you the harvest is ripe. It is like shooting fish in a barrel these days. You can accidentally run into someone and get them saved. So start inviting people. I want you to start praying about it now. God, who do you want me to invite to church? And again, it's not about church. It's about Jesus. Can I get an amen? So when I see the way God loves me, it tenderizes my heart. And I see myself the way God sees me and no longer the way people told me things about me. I had someone say to me recently, oh, what did they say? It was, it was yesterday, the day before you, I don't remember. Anyway, they said, you know, despite what everybody says about you, I like you. And I was like, thank you, thank you. So you're like, awesome. Well, at least people are talking about me, right? Amen. But, but it just doesn't even come near my heart. You know, I'm just so filled with love that I'm just like, oh, man, I love you so much. Can I give you a hug? <sighs> we need to bring those everybody to the church. <laughs> All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your energy into gaining more understanding as we go through this um, series. I feel like it's, a, it's an invitation from the Lord. Um, he said in John chapter 15, verse 9 through 11, he said this, as a father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And then he said this, these things I have spoken to you that your joy may be full. And again, when you're fully you, filled with the love of God, I'm telling you, your joy will be full. You're not afraid what anybody else thinks, but you just really love God and you love others. And it's, and it's a love that where you don't expect something from them in return, right? Remember when you first got saved and you still loved people based on what they could do for you? Okay, I'm sure that was just me. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess I'll be repenting afterwards. So your value, again, is established by God and God alone. Do you hear what I'm saying to you, you millennials? Your value is established by God and God alone. He loves you. Every teenager, I want you to hear my voice. No matter what your experience has been, even sometimes in the church, I want to tell you that God, the Father, loves you. The same way, with the same intensity that he loves his son. And if we let that go deep in us, then it really will transform us. And we really can stand in the days to come. <laughs>